just started recording anyways. Pardon me. It's okay. Great. You got that burp in there? No. No, I just missed it. I tried to... Oh, there There we go. We got that one. That's better. Okay, so I did a little bit of research. I'm trying to understand... Like, I'm, I'm trying to better understand the people that I disagree with just in general. So that's uh, a good way to be, man. Yeah. I think, I think it's a good, a sure. good tactic. So I was doing a little di- digging into the whole Don Cherry thing. Cause you know, a lot of people <laughs> disagreed with me Yep, and I, you're a pro and I'm not. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so I was just like, all right, what is some of the outrage that people, that people were feeling towards them? Like to better understand, like, you know, maybe they have a valid point or whatever. I, I, didn't really find anything like as far as controversial stuff that he said, like that really like, you know, caught me off guard or anything, but I did find something a little bit more on a personal note Okay, that, that completely swayed me to the other side. So I'm just going to read this. This is an article from the Toronto sun. Okay. Um, and it, it's just a little, it's just a little clip about a little like personal stories of uh, sharing tips and stuff about his daily life and his okay. routine and stuff. All right. And I'll just read this uh, for yeah, you. I never saw this. I'm curious. Cool. Every day on the road is seemingly the same. It doesn't matter what the city is or what is around him. Don Cherry has breakfast in his room. Oatmeal and all bran in a glass put together by his wife Luba. Before practice or a morning skate, his longtime associate Kathy Broderick brings a muffin. This is where it gets good. Okay. So, so far we have all bran, oatmeal, and a muffin. Typical old man stuff, you know? He's a regular man, I'm sure. For sure. Yeah. Lunch in his hotel room consists of salmon sandwiches made by his wife. This is a quote from Don Cherry. Sure. It's the greatest thing in the world, said Cherry. Salmon, cheese, mayo. After a couple of days, the salmon soaks into the bread. It's more like a pudding than a sandwich, but it is delicious. Okay. I'm having a struggle here. Because I like salmon sandwiches. Oh. Canned salmon, I'm okay. I think but that's what it is, when canned it, salmon. Oh, well, it's got to be, yeah. But when it soaks into the bread, anything that soaks into bread, unless you're having, like, the hot hamburg sandwich, which has got, you know, your hamburger meat and your gravy. Uh, anything that bread soaks up, I have no time for. He leaves it in the fridge for, like, days. Day? Ooh. Until it, until it is, like, like, you have to eat it with a spoon. Yeah, like, gelatinous. Ugh. Yeah, no, I'm not. Uh, I'm not. I'm not down. I think that's the most offensive thing he's ever said in his entire career. <laughs> <laughs> Black Sheep Radio with Ben McVie and Chris Brown. Join the conversation at BSR Podcast on Facebook and at Radio Underscore Sheep on Instagram and Twitter. Is it the salmon or the bread? <laughs> it's or all. It it's all of it. It's all of it. It's the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Canned salmon, canned tuna. I can't do that shit. Like, it, it disgusts me. The idea of putting cheese and mayo on the same sandwich disgusts me. Really? It's all of it. Every Everything about it, it just makes me absolutely sick. It's a texture thing or a flavor thing? It's all of it. It's all of it. It's all of it. You like, just throw all that in together, cheese, mayo, bread, and, like, soft canned meat. Well, like... I Boy, just... I made it sound so appealing <laughs> just now, didn't I? Yes. I wonder if they have that on the... Doesn't Don Cherry have a restaurant or anything? Yeah, Don Cherry's Sports Grill or whatever it is. Yeah. I've never been to one. I wonder if that's on the uh, lunch menu. What's your dream sandwich, by the way? My dream sandwich? Yeah. Hmm. Um, Come on, you don't have to think about this. No, I like like a a nice chicken or a turkey club. Mm. 
you know, like with some bacon, tomato, not really nothing crazy. Yeah, I'm you down know. with that. Yeah, like a nice the, toasted rye bread or something. The post-Thanksgiving oh, turkey yeah. stuffing, and I'm sorry to say, a little bit of mayo in there. No, I like mayo. Mm. Oh, I like mayo. I don't, I don't, what I don't like is the mayo and cheese combination. I think that's mayo like and cheese. crazy. All right. Yeah. We should name ourselves that. Like if we ever get a morning show out of this, we will call ourselves Mayo and Cheese in the morning. For sure. I'll be... I can be Cheese. Sure. Or you want to be Cheese. I could... No. I could... You I want could, to be I'll Mayo. Be, I'll be fine with Mayo. You're going to be okay. For sure. Mayo and Cheese in the morning. Um, we're available <laughs> if, if you'd like. I mean, how could you turn that down as a pr- prospective employer? Oh, man. Mayo and Cheese. Yeah. yeah. So is it warm enough out for you? How many people have asked that? Hot enough for you? A lot of people, man. Yeah. A lot of people. It's actually, it's actually, it's like, please don't talk to me. Episode, <laughs> what are we on? 14. 14, man. We're recording this uh, on July 18th. Uh, the 19th and 20th, Friday and Saturday are coming up and it's supposed to be 44 to 45 with the Humidex. Mm. It's going to be really hot. Now I have a job right now. I'm a car salesman and uh, standing outside in dress pants and a dress shirt on a hot tarmac, not comfortable. But did you complain about it? No. That's the thing. I have, um, there's something I call bi-seasonal disorder. (laughs) Uh, This is for people who bitch about, uh, okay, okay, I want to back this up. Sure. If you hate winter the way I do, I mean, truly despise it. I believe that you're not allowed to whine about the heat in the summer. You won't hear me bitch about the heat because... From the first snowfall to the last melt, I bitch about winter. I can't stand it. I want nothing to do with it. There's not a goddamn thing I like about it. And so I feel hypocritical to complain about extreme heat. Now, you can be one of those people who hates the extreme heat, but you're not allowed to go outside when the wind chill is minus 36 and bitch about the cold. Or you can be one of those vanilla people who says, I love the change of the seasons, and I'm into spring and fall, which to me is, bleh. Yeah. yeah. I, to me, if the year were summer, I'd be down. You, by the look on your face, Mr. Chris Brown, are a fall and spring guy. I've got a vanilla, I, I'm definitely very vanilla with that stuff. I mean, I'm not, I don't really complain. I, I love the spring and the fall because generally the spring is such a relief from the winter and the fall is like the mo- the perfect temperature for me you know like the heat i i, I i'm fine with it i'm not gonna i'm not gonna complain about it really you're I mean, not a man of extremes is all see i'm a man of extremes i, I it's it, to me it's like pick a lane <laughs> now i say by seasonal i have no pro- problem if you're bisexual <laughs> that's fine dick pussy take your pick i don't care for sure doesn't matter to me I don't insist you pick a lane there, but for some reason with the seasons, <laughs> pick one. Yeah. Pick. You like you, know, you like hot or you like cold. That's it. The stuff in between is all gray matter. Mm. And typically, I believe that life belongs in gray matter. That's where most of life occurs is in the gray area. But I don't know. There's something about the weather where I really, I really enjoy it. Even though I'm out on a hot black tarmac in long pants and a long sleeve shirt, I still enjoy that oppressive, sweaty, stinky, cut the air with a knife and spread it on toast 
feeling of humid weather. So are you, so are you looking forward to Saturday? Like when it's supposed to be like 40 degrees? I'm going to be working. No. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, sure. Dress appropriately. Right. Mm. Some people will say, I don't mind winter so long as I'm bundled up. Right. Yeah. And I suppose winter's better Mm -hmm. for winter haters like me. If I've got my Kamek boots on and three layers of pants and 84 sweaters and a toque and industrial size gloves and all the rest of it, if I'm bundled up, but then I feel like the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man and I'm not comfortable. Whereas in the summer, if it's like it is outside right now and it has been the last few days and it's going to get worse over the next couple, if I'm outside and a t-shirt, and a pair of shorts, and a pair of sandals. I just love it. Yeah. I like to sweat. Like, I, I just, I, there's something about that oppressive heat that I just enjoy the feeling. So what about, so how do you, uh, so many questions here. I know. I got to work on, I got to work on Saturday as well, out at like Young and Dundas Square at some work event. Oh, um, yeah? And I'm not, re- I'm really not looking forward to Ooh. it just because of the heat. Concrete mostly. jungle too, man. Yeah, I know. Yeah, there's no trees. There's no, nothing. I got a tent. It's a radio event, so whatever. But uh, yeah. yeah, I'm not, I'm definitely not looking what forward to it. What color is the tent? Is it black? No, I think it's like, I think it's like blue or something, like okay. sky blue. It'll be, it'll be fine. Like yeah, I'm yeah. just going to bring a bunch of water and, and I don't know. I don't really like wearing shorts, so I'll right. probably have to wear shorts, but whatever. See here, it, let, let me just, I want to hit the brakes and I want to clarify something. I sure. would define by seasonal disorder <laughs> as uh, you're that person in the fall who says, I can't wait for the winter because you've just come through the summer and you can't wait for it to cool off. Mm. And then in the spring, so, oh, I can't wait for the summer because it's been such a long wait. No, pick a lane. Right. You can't, those two seasons there, you're either like you, you don't have bi-seasonal disorder in my books. You just enjoy that middle ground. Mm -hmm. But if you spend that middle ground, that gray area time saying you can't wait for the next extreme and then it gets there and you bitch about one of them, you're bi-seasonal. Yeah. I I honestly think that people love to find an excuse to complain about anything. And like, you know, it's like if you're, if you're complaining about the winter, Shut! I better not be hearing about it in the summer. I get it because it's nobody gives a shit if you're uncomfortable in the right. summer or the winter. To be honest, nobody gives a shit. Like I'm not going to say like if if I go up to somebody or somebody comes up to me and says, "Hey, it's it's way too hot out for here for me." It's like, mm. all right, what what do you want me to do about it? Why are you telling me this information? See, maybe I'm the goofball because me during the winter, you'll hear about me moan about it constantly. <laughs> I can't. I hate it. And I let everyone know. Yeah, I know. I feel like I need a big hug during the winter. It's like, God, get me out of this godforsaken ugh, mess. Yeah. Ugh, God. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I, 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 I would think yours is the more rational, logical mm. approach to weather. Everyone's different. I, think, I feel like so much of it is just biological. Like you're either into sum, summer and you love it or you don't. It's like I've never been into su- like heat or summer at any point. Like, it's not as if like, you know, I got older and I just started getting cranky about the summer. I love driving with the windows down, listening to music. You know what I mean? Chilling outside. It's Best great. Best part about this time of year. Yeah. Nighttime. Oh, windows down, shorts on. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. Or yeah. even like in the day, if you go to like a hike or something when it's all like, like the tree covered. So sure. it's nice. A little, it's a little light. Yeah. Um, the winter, like, I mean, I dig parts of the winter too. I mean, obviously hockey. Um, and, and it's, 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 it's nice because you don't have to come up with an excuse to stay inside. 
<laughs> see, and there's there's another thing. I'll go this. I'll go. I'll take one. I'll take one for summer here. Sure. You can seek respite in shade. Mm. You tell me what natural occurring event gives you shelter from the cold. Oh, nothing. Unless you're, I don't know, like you bury yourself on a snowbank or find a cave. Yeah, you better have a good jacket, especially nowadays. Like, right? like last last winter was crazy. Right, like on a summer, on a hot summer day, you're outside. Oh, it's dog days of summer and I'm dying out here. For sure. You find yourself a nice shady tree and cool off. Can't get that in winter, my friend. No. Can't get that in winter. I mean, hot chocolate. Yeah. You know, nice coffee. Trees are free. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> I've never had a. I've never made a hot chocolate at home that that did did it justice. Anyways, either it's tough to make. Anyways, that's item number one on the weekly three. Yeah, is the weather, and it, we're Canadians. That's what we talk about. It is what it is. I mean, this is pretty remarkably hot. Think honestly. about it. We we live in a country in an environment where our temperature swings from minus thirty to plus thirty. Think about that. That's yeah. a 60 degree swing. Yeah. That doesn't happen in many places. It's crazy. Yeah. You got to be resilient and strong to live in Ontario, you know? I want to move into uh, item two on the weekly three. Sure. With a question. And it has to do with the weather as it pertains to homeless people and panhandlers. Mm. Now, I don't know if this is the right segue because there's two ways I want to go with this. But I do find that extreme weather sort of... Brings out the desperation of people in need, right? You have heating centers and cooling centers. Mm. In the fall, we don't really have much of a solution for the homeless in terms of what they're dealing with with the climate, mm. right? And they don't need to. But I, 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 I was driving home today, and I'm coming off the 403 at Aberdeen, and three of the four corners there have somebody work in the corner with the hungry, homeless, broke, anything helps cardboard sign. And I guess this is ultimately where I want to go because this, again, I, I do find that when it's really, really bitter cold outside, there are more people asking for help and rightfully so. Yeah. When it's really stifling hot outside, think about that. I mean, you know, we have the privilege of heading into air conditioning, be it our cars, our workplace, our home. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we can afford a coffee at McDonald's to go or a pop or whatever to go sit inside and just get a bit of a break without being told we're loitering. You got to go. Right. Mm -hmm. If you're homeless and you're really broke, you're outside in this this stuff for the day. And it is it's bad. Yeah, and, and it's you're like a lot of these guys aren't. They don't have a change of clothes. They don't even, have a change of clothes. You know, you know, they're you're, wearing you're in the, the same jeans and shirt that you wore yesterday. And I, I sit there and marvel, like, how are you still standing? Yeah. So, what do you suggest? Like, are, do you think that we should have like? Because I remember, I, I, I well, think there are there, there are cooling centers and, and and places to go to seek respite yeah. from extreme weather. There's yeah, they're they're definitely. Right. I mean, I, I remember when we were when we were in in uh, like in Owen Sound, there was a point where there was like a massive heat wave, mm -hmm. and they opened up a lot of like the public spaces sure. and like to like the mall. They opened up and invited people in to 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 stay cool and because it it's I mean it, it's a it's a it's a health issue, you know. Here's my issue. Here here's the reason I brought this up was th this happened today. Uh, when I got off the 403 at Aberdeen, so I'm coming up to Aberdeen and Longwood yep. and there's a dude there and he's, I don't know, I'm going to guess mid to late twenties or so. I, yeah, I, I did the same drive too. Asking for change and 
I think for a lot of us who have greater means, our immediate reaction for some reason is, why are you asking for change? You know? Yeah. You're an able-bodied young man. What are the next three words that follow? Uh, get a job. <laughs> Bingo. Yeah. Get a job. Exactly. As I'm reaching into my cup holder for this kid to hand him, I had 60 cents on me mm. in my cup holder. And that's all the cash I had. Sure. And I gave him the 60 cents. And he, he thank you, sir. Have a very nice day. And I said, you take care of yourself. As he, as, as I'm starting to drive away, there's a guy who's coming from the other direction in Aberdeen to get onto the 403. He yells out the window, those three magic words. Yeah. Get a job. Mm -hmm. And I think to myself, it's, it's not okay, but it's understandable that you would have the opinion that a young, able-bodied male or female would put a little more effort into improving themselves or improving their lot in life as opposed to standing on the corner asking for change. Mm -hmm. If the guy who passed by in his very expensive sports car had stopped to say, what's your story? Or why are you begging for change on the corner? And then come to his own conclusion, get a job. I could respect that. Mm -hmm. Don't go whizzing by some dude at 80 kilometers an hour and just scream out the window, get a job. Mm -hmm. You have no balls. You've got no balls and you come across as an absolute asshole in doing so. At least, at least learn this kid's story. Now, I'm not about to hand, don't get me wrong. I'm not about to hand this kid 20 bucks, mm -hmm. right? I'm not exactly doing well in my life right now, but I thought 60 cents, at least this kid's halfway to a bottle of water to give himself a bit of a break here, right? And hopefully the guy behind me's got 60 cents as well. If you're going to beg for change, you get change. Mm -hmm. I'm not about handing out tens and twenty dollar bills mm -hmm. i'm not i'd rather make a donation to a, 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 a proper charity mm -hmm. if it's going to be of any significant monetary value i just i found it very offensive because nobody knows why this kid's on the corner it could be because and i'm not discounting this it could be because he's a lazy prick who doesn't want to go get a job and is is one of those people who who you know oh geez why would I get a job I'm making a great living doing this mm -hmm. and I'm making what I need to get by just standing on the corner with a, a cardboard sign in my hand that says hungry homeless broke please help mm -hmm. I get that yeah I do you also don't know that maybe this kid came from a really really shitty home situation right well you, you I, don't yeah. you don't know it's pro honestly like you know you, you just don't know you don't know um odds are in the f favor the fact that he probably came from a really messed up situation whether he's too lazy to get a job or he's down on his luck and begging for money odds are he he probably didn't have the the stablest of houses that's just usually typically how it works with that odds stuff. are but chance of ch maybe there's a chance that he came from a very nice home and just didn't like living by his parents rules and yeah. decided to move out yeah sure there could be that yeah all I'm saying is I would like to think, in fact, I know, at least for myself, I go to bed with a relatively clear conscience that I at least made a small effort, um, a small effort to help this guy. Mm -hmm. I could have done better. I could have stopped and asked him the question, 
what are you doing here? Like, mm-hmm. why did you get here? And maybe offered some sort of advice or help or assistance or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. I could have done more. But what I did is a hell of a lot more than that dick who just flew by, screamed out his window, get a job, rolled up his power windows and kept driving down the highway. Come on, man. It's always no balls. It's always it's always the guy in the sports car, isn't it? That yells it out like that, you know? It's know. it's it's never like some it, usually like everyone that like not like I'm not saying that everybody drives that drives a sports car is like an asshole, you know. <laughs> but I'm saying like typically I've driven people, sports cars. So that's what I, I mean. But you know what typically, I mean? typically the people that yell that do yell out the window are driving some sort of expensive or, or car. in a privileged vehicle. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But let's face it: if you can afford to drive a vehicle, you're in a position of privilege compared to a kid who's hand who's begging for change on a corner. Yeah, it's I don't so you can afford gas and insurance in the vehicle itself. You're doing better than that kid. Yeah, like I I don't give change to homeless people. You don't. I don't know ever. Never. Why? Um, I I think like. <laughs> Part of it. Yeah, I'm not saying this yeah, in no. accusatory. Like no, you I don't feel I'm, bad I'm, about I'm, yourself. I'm just curious as to why, because some people have some very valid reasons for this. Yeah, like I, I just, you know, um, it's not, it's not out of like, oh, these people are lazy or whatever. I guess like part of it is I've seen so many instances of people that are just doing it and making like a killing, and I feel like, you know, um. There, there. How like, like for example, that guy that I, that on the corner. I don't know anything about that guy. I've been I've been living in Hamilton for five years. He's been I made that drive for five years. He's been standing on that corner for five years. I want to run this idea by you. Sure. Let's see what you think of this. You're aware of what busking is, right? Yeah. Like street music. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. There are some cities in the world where you actually have to apply for a license to be able to busk. Yeah. If you're not licensed in order to do so, to make a living directly off of that, you're, you, you face a, a bylaw infraction. Mm-hmm. You had to pay a fine. Sure. It's not a criminal offense, but you do wind up paying a fine if you're just standing there playing guitar and asking for money. You need to get an actual license from the municipality. I don't know if they do this in Toronto. Uh, I don't know. I know they do I it know in like it was New York and in like, New York. Yeah, subway buses in stuff. Toronto. So, what about this idea? A panhandler's license, a permit. Hmm. So, in other words, yeah. I, I mean, because in order to get your busking permit, you need to show that you have some musical capability. For sure, this is a means by which municipalities go. Okay, there's way too many buskers, and there are people who don't know how to play a goddamn instrument or can't sing to save their lives, and are just blowing odd notes into a harmonica and asking for change. Mm-hmm. If you're going to busk and you're going to make a living out of it, you need to be a qualified musician. Mm-hmm. Is it unreasonable to suggest, and I'm just, I'm asking this hypothetically just off the top of my head. Is it unreasonable to suggest that if you can show that you are truly, truly down on your luck, you are qualified to be handing, asking for handouts? Hmm. You're truly qualified. You need help. Help that is not arriving in the form of government assistance. Maybe you're illiterate. Maybe you can't fill out those forms. Maybe you can't get yourself to a a service Ontario or a a government of Canada office. Maybe you don't know how to operate a computer, which is where most people who need to go get assistance have to punch themselves into a computer. Maybe you don't have a social insurance number. 
Maybe you've come from a place in life that none of us, you or I, or most people who are listening to this podcast, you have internet access, so you're not doing all that badly in life in order to be listening to this. Maybe you're, maybe you come from a place where you are so disadvantaged at such a disadvantage that you should be able to apply for a permit to ask for help. Mm. Does that sound silly to you? There's, I can see like a lot of issues with it, um, but I, I like the idea in general. Like the the only issues that yeah, I can see is like- Yeah, it might be like rose-colored no, glasses no, about this. No, I just like, I like the idea of, you know, like like people going and saying like, oh, like this person, it's, it's, I think that would probably ease my mind as somebody handing money out to somebody just because when I, one of the reasons why I don't hand money out to people is because I, I, I don't really buy it. Like I, I think a lot of the people that are like on the street or like there's not on the street- but but people panhandling, I see a lot of instances of people just you know, like like I, I saw one the other day where it's like a guy's panhandling on the side street and then he he walks over to some plaza half a block down the road and hops into a Mercedes, like there's too many stories of that that I'm just like no nah, I'd rather just give my money to a charity I see it all the time man so I know but do we turn that into a generalization Come on it is what it is It's like come on, a, no but come on Chris like yeah. really, here's here's where I'm going to challenge you How sure. many people panhandling in the city of Hamilton right now are going down the street and climbing into a Mercedes? The lady, the shaky lady. Remember her yeah. in Toronto? Sure. Yeah. Her two sons were accomplices and they, they did very well for themselves. And she pretended to be absolutely destitute and homeless. And she was making money hand over fist mm-hmm. out of people's sense of charity and, and compassion. They make money. It's a goddamn shame that it's, people it's, do that. But are we... It's just reality. I I know. But the, the reality is, too, that there are people who are really in need. Mm-hmm. And yeah. because of, uh, it, it's like the one bad apple sort of thing. Do you know what I mean? Because some dickhead is asking for change and climbing into a Mercedes, are we not allowing that to make an excuse for ourselves to say, nah, I'm not giving you my money? Well, okay, so I don't... Do you, do you know what I'm trying to get at No, de- definitely. Yeah. Like, I get like, you know, you don't want them to ruin it or whatever, but like, I don't get like like... For me, like if I wanted to donate to something, I'd donate to a charity. Like if if I wanted to donate to like homeless people, like I'd donate to like an established charity that's like actually making difference and that they I know that they're they're gonna, you know, use that money and and and, and stretch it to make the most difference um in the community. Not to say that like, you know, again, kind of going back to the point that I said before, but like not to say that, you know, every time I, I hand a five dollar bill to somebody that's on the street that they're gonna squander it. But the guy, like I said, I've, I've been driving in Hamilton and I've been driving past that guy for the past five years and I've seen a lot of people hand him a lot yeah. of money. Uh, no, I know. What's, I know. What is I know. that? You know what I mean? What did you do? Sure. With it? I know. It's like, what, like if some, if I, like, I, I just, it, it's not, go, it's not benefiting anybody. Let it's me like, counter this though. Have you ever been to the United Way's head office? Uh, no. Marble floors, mahogany desks. Sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? To sure. say, okay, well, uh, you, you, well, to say I'll, I'll donate to a recognized charity. Sure. A lot of those charities are not for profit. And a lot of people are making big bucks working for those charities. Sure. Right? Yeah. The same way as some guy who's, and not to say that those charities do bad work. Mm-hmm. They're just, there seems to be this massive rift. I am of the opinion that um, I, I, I'm, hmm, I said earlier, if I'm going to give a large denomination, it's going to be to a charity, but do your homework, I would say on what that charity does and where your money goes and how the money is spent. 
I've worked for not-for-profit charities, and that I'm totally down with. But a lot of the big charities out there pay a lot of high-priced executives to run them. Oh, yeah. And your money could be going elsewhere. Part part of whatever you're donating to some charities is going to make some guy richer. It is. Or some woman richer. Yeah. It is. Like, so I guess, so when you said that you gave that guy change... You said that like it made you feel good. I guess the difference is is that when I give somebody change, like in in that situation, it doesn't make me feel good. It See, does. I don't okay, get but that. I, would, I, I want to clarify the, something. I didn't yeah. give money to this kid so I'd feel no, good. No, but whatever. It doesn't. It just, it's it, fine. Yeah, I know, but it, it's yeah. not as though it cleared my conscience. Sure. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Don't 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 let me be misunderstood that way. It's not like oh well, I'm a hero now. No, I, I can be a dick for the rest of the day because I gave that kid sixty cents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't mean that. I mean like just just you know you felt like you were you were contributing and that you were doing something and you're like helping this guy and you're like oh cool like that's I feel like I'm when I like when I give money to somebody I don't really feel that way. Like when I give money to somebody, it's like, okay, like, and I know this is going to sound super cliche and I might get ripped apart by it, but I, I don't care. It's just the truth. No, I'm going to get ripped apart for part of what I'm saying. This is part yeah, of this whatever. Is why we have these conversations. Yeah. It's like, I just, I'm like, okay, so, so my $2 giving it to whoever on the street here, like, you know, it, what am, what am I, what does that do? Like, does that, like, what is that? What is he going to do with that? Not that he's saying he's, and once I give the money over, he's entitled to do whatever he wants with it. But it's like, my my money will go further if I give question? it to somebody. But why, why ask the question? Why ask the question? Yeah, because he's entitled be, to do whatever he wants with it. It's not up to you to that's go, why well, you make sure you're spending it in a good spot. But that's why I don't give money to them, because I don't have confidence that they're going to use that to, like, improve their situation, hmm. I guess is the best way. Like, I've I've given money to somebody in Toronto one time and I saw him run to some guy on the corner immediately. I understand. And it's like, you know, I mean, I, it's, know, it's, I, I understand you know, that. It I is what it is. That. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I, not only do I understand, I accept that. Like that, sure. Sometimes you're given money for people to just go get high again or go buy a beer or whatever the case may be. And it's an endless cycle for them. But it's still, I, I don't know. There is a, like, like, for example, that like there's people that like hang outside of the LCBOs asking for change. Right. I, 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 you know, like I would never like, oh, I God, like, yeah, no, there, yeah, there's, <laughs> do you know what I mean? That's sure. The thing. So it's sure. like the one on Dundurn has its regulars. I know them by name. Oh yeah. Same. Like I see them all the time. I, yeah. that's, that's the, that's the beer store and LCBO that I go to all the time. Like, do I don't, I'm not going to, you know, that's not, that, that money's not helping them. I'm helping them. How go do you know that? Because they're having a, like. Like they're how do you know that though? They're they're camped. I mean, I can put two and two together. They're camped outside of an LCBO to go in there to use the change that they have to buy alcohol, mm-hmm. and it's like that's killing them. It's they're they're alcoholics that they've lost okay. everything. Okay, I understand that. How is it? That's not. Are, are they though? Are they? Because you could think about it from this perspective too, and I'm just yeah. going to offer. And, and I mean, sure, you and I are. Not, I'm not here to argue with you. No, that's fine. But I'm just here to offer an alternate point of view. Is that if if I'm homeless and I'm asking for change and I really need the change, I'm thinking I'm going to go somewhere where I'm guaranteed people have disposable income. Think about that. Yeah, I'm not going to go stand outside Horizon whatever, whoever gives us our electricity. I'm not standing outside a Bell Canada kiosk. I'm not standing outside the post office, the courthouse. Anyway, I don't know. I don't know what these people do, but I do know. I know for a fact that if you can afford to go in and buy beers or a Mickey of vodka or uh, whatever, a bottle of wine, 
you have disposable income. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Yeah, I think that's that's a stretch because there wouldn't be outside of an else. There's plenty of places people can go that have money. There is a, there's somebody like we, I remember I went out to dinner at uh, just down the street from there um, at Bread Bar and there was some lady mm-hmm. that was there that w- it was cold out. Okay. Um, and she was asked, she asked for change uh, sitting on the bench out there. We gave her change. She went in and she bought a coffee and warmed up for a bit. It's like, that's different. Like if you're going, it is. Yeah, it's like, no, you're right. You know maybe, what I mean? maybe I'm being naive there. It's just a I little, see what like the perception would be yeah. like, oh, you're outside of fucking liquor store asking for money. Yeah. It's like, I'm not going to help. I'm not going to help you make your situation worse either. Like that's not, you know. Like it's so that's even taking it like it's yeah. How is that helping? It's not helping anything. Like it's helping them like you know feed whatever they want. I'm I'm having a beer right now. Like it is what it is. Mm-hmm. But it's you know if I'm gonna if I'm gonna put my money into something with with the intention of of trying to do a good thing, I don't see how that's a good thing. Like I, yeah, no, I see where you're coming from. Yeah. I, I'm just trying. I'm just trying to sort of encapsulate what I'm trying to say. No, I that, t- like I, I feel the need to give, and I feel more empathy and more compassion if there's a face on it. If there's a face on it, look at World Vision commercials. When you, you know, if it just if it's said on TV, World Vision at a number and had a recorded message, you would not feel compelled to give. When you see starving kids with their ribs showing, with their hands out and everything else, do you not feel more compelled to give? That's a very, yeah, that's a very good point. Right. Um, Put a face on it and people feel more compelled. But unfortunately, I think with the homeless and with panhandlers that before you see your face, you already have a picture of a face and you're not really allowing yourself to learn what their story is. Do you know what I'm saying Mm. by that? Oh, I'm to, I, yeah. to make generalizations. I think that you're just going to spend it on beer, or uh, you know, you probably just came from a good home and ran away because you didn't like your parents' rules and all that sort of stuff. I just think is a little bit short sighted. And in my original point to the guy in the car who went racing by and rolled down his window and yelled, "Get a job!" Uh, gutless to me, gutless. Stop. Ask a question. What are you doing here? How'd you get here? And if the answer is unsatisfactory, get a job Mm. and drive on. But don't just make generalizations like that. It's really unfair. Totally unfair. Yeah. It's cowardly. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I said. No balls. Yeah. No balls. Yeah. If you're going to, if you're going to hurl an insult like that, let's say that that kid who is asking for change is genuinely asking for change because he is down on his luck and came from a really bad place. Mm Mm-hmm. How many people are racing by him every day saying, get a job and what that must do, what that must do to his, his morale can imagine. and his can will imagine. to live. Especially in a day like this where it's so hot and you're just losing your mind. Yeah, you know man. what might be a good idea? Do you, do you have anything else on the subject you want to talk about? No, or? I'm good. I'm ready to move on. Yeah. But and I think we hashed that out pretty well. Yeah, I mean, cool. we kind of come at it from different angles, but sure. at the same time, we're both listening to each other. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's a good I, conversation I can, to have. I can definitely, you know, I, I can definitely come off in certain positions, certain, especially with that specific topic as a cold bastard. Me too. But, I, but I think at the end of it, like, I mean, whatever, it's not, I, it's not that I don't care. Um, at all. Uh, that's not the truth at all. It's just, it's, it's a tricky, it's, it's just one of those things, like one of those thought experiments you kind of have to think about. And, and, and I don't know. I am here to back up my buddy, Chris Brown. That's all good. 
to say that this guy has got one of the biggest hearts in his chest of anybody I know. And it's just, it, 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 it's, I, I think it's, it's, mm. I think the conversation that we just had coming from two slightly different points of view, I wish there could be more conversations like this as a whole so we could get to the root of the problem that there are people who are battling addiction and are using your money to go get high and drunk again and you're perpetuating that situation and not doing them any good and then there are people who are in genuine need and I think it's just a matter of having conversations like we're having right now and asking questions of people who are in that situation to get a better understanding of why they are where they are and how they got there. No one might be good um, if maybe we, I don't know if you know anybody that, just just to end on this, I guess, but like, I don't know if, if you know anybody that works with homeless in the city or maybe we can do some digging and see if we, we might be able to get somebody to come on to, to sure. talk about that topic. Like, sure. I, I mean, I, I'm, I think both of us have a lot to learn about it, you know? And it's I, Black I'm, Sheep Radio. Yeah. I'm Ben McVie and that's Chris Brown. And hey. yeah, if, if you are somebody or know somebody who works with homeless people, people in need, Put us in touch with them, please. We'd love to continue this conversation. Absolutely. That's where understanding comes from, man. Yeah, for sure. Conversation. Yeah. So, <laughs> so from from panhandling, this is hard to switch gears, isn't it? Yeah, I'm. Trying I was looking to... down at the sheet on the weekly three, going, "Okay, <laughs> how how do we get into this one?" Okay, so earlier, <laughs> there's no there's no clean clean transition um, into this one, I don't think. But uh, that's why we have the weekly three. So well, we had warm of... weather in summer, and we had busking. <laughs> so let's work in concert season yeah. somehow into this yeah, yeah so uh, earlier this week we kind of put up a, a, a facebook post talking about the drake show and about how like general admission tickets are a thousand dollars even for standing area at budweiser how stage a thousand dollars for standing for area. standing room thousand mm. dollars a ticket a ticket yes per ticket per ticket Whew. crazy yeah yeah so, I mean, obviously, both Ben and I would never even consider spending $1,000, or anybody listening would consider spending $1,000 on a Drake show. I mean, on a Drake okay, show. Okay, all right. Yeah. So, but we, we asked, we, we put it out there and asked if there was anybody that would spend, and I, I, dead or alive, is there anybody, any performer, artist, act, anything that you would spend $1,000 for a single ticket on? And we got quite a few responses. Um, so I haven't had a chance to look over the Yeah, list. that's okay. Let me just let me just pull it up here. While you're doing that, I can say I spent $1,000 on a pair of mm. tickets. It was for the last Tragically Hip show in Kingston. Oh. My wife, Amanda, and I went to that show. And I, again, I'm not particularly frivolous with my money, but I would spend that money if, if I had the chance to do it all over again, I'd drop that money in a heartbeat. Yeah. In a heartbeat. That was a once in a lifetime experience. That's, that's one of the crazy, that's like, that's like a slice of Canada that you experienced. Well, whatever, whatever the case may be, you might not be a hip fan, but I mean, there were lots of people who went to that Rolling Stone show up in Burles Creek who were spending 600 to a thousand dollars on a ticket. Yeah. And some of them knowing full well, maybe this is the last time we see these old geezers playing music live. Yeah. And if you're a lifelong Stones fan or maybe a first time Stones seer, I don't hold it against you if you spent that money. Yeah. So um, we'll go. I, I don't want to gloss over that show because I want to come back to it. OK. Because um, I have a lot of questions. I watched that on TV um, we'll, we'll, we'll go back to it, okay, but, but all right. did I just wanted to roll through some of the, you got, some you of got the your stuff list? that we have. Yeah, I got okay, it. All right. So Scott Gallant, um, he, he, he said that, uh, he agreed with you if they could bring Gord back. So remember, remember this is dead or alive. So I put yeah. like anything. Yeah. Yeah. 
um, he said if they could bring Gord back and have another hip show, he'd he'd pay more than a thousand dollars to see it. Um, Lisa uh, Bart Bartolone Mio Bertolo. Yep. Uh, Linda, sorry. Linda. Um, She said Chester Bennington. um, So Lincoln Park. Park, uh, Paul Stanley. Um, but he's, he's still alive, right? Paul Stanley's from Kiss. Yeah, of course. Um, Stevie Ray Vaughan, which is quite a, Aww. quite a good one. Yeah. Um, uh, Prince. Get Kate, a, Kate uh, I was just going to say, get a count on how many of these are dead and how many are alive. Yeah. Because so far we've got Paul Stanley, the rest are dead. <laughs> a lot. A, a, it's an a interesting way, uh, interesting sort of perspective to look on this, right? Yeah. These are people who may not have, or are, are having regrets. And that's part of the reason that I look back on that hip show. I have no regrets because it was my last chance to see my favorite band. Right. And now, I mean, if I hadn't gone to see that show, I would probably pony up $3,000 to go see the Tragically Hip. I, I bet. Especially yeah. in that environment. But anyway, go ahead. Most of them are dead. Uh, yeah. Paul, Paul McCartney, we got a couple times. Uh, Paulie's still with us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's still got it, too. Mm-hmm. Um, Kate Gibson said Prince and Lou Reed. Which both of those would have been crazy, you know? Lou Reed. Yeah. Big Velvet Underground fan. Yeah. Good selection. Yeah. Um, uh, Laura Townsend said she's done it for Kiss twice for meet and greet. Spent that much money? Yeah, $1,000 ticket. Meet and greet too? Yeah. So Mm -hmm. backstage passes and she got to meet the whole band, which she said was worth it because they were really nice with her. Right on. Um, I met Kiss. Well, I met Paul and Gene. Cool. Paul was cool. Gene was not. Cool. Um, Did he like... so? So, what was the context of you guys, if you meeting them? Uh, not to sound all highfalutin and fancy, but it was while I was in my radio career, I got flown to L.A. to interview Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons. Yeah. <laughs> just, to, just to interview them? Yeah. Well, wow. I went to see the KISS concert, which was this the KISS FM in L.A. through this big concert at the Rose Bowl. And KISS were the headliners. Justin Timberlake played... Uh, Nelly was on the bill too. This is like 2004, summer 2004. Like Nelly Furtado? No, Nelly. Nelly, like it's a rapper. It's getting hot in here. Yeah, that guy. That's great. So that's amazing. That was a pretty wicked show, and we stayed on a uh, in a hotel on the sunset on Sunset Boulevard, uh, right next to the Viper Room where River Phoenix died. Like it was one of those mythical trips that. Wow. It was a once in a lifetime thing. And yeah, I got to interview uh, individually Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons. Paul Stanley was super cool. Gene Simmons was a bonehead. Hmm. I've heard. Well, I mean, I've heard Paul Stanley <laughs> was on Joe Rogan. It was one of the best interviews I've ever heard. He's great. He's a, just a just a really thoughtful guy. Yeah, he's great. Um, and Gene Simmons, I mean, he's got that that whole like like persona bigger than. Gene Simmons that that uh, you you get this thing where it's like it's this huge performance anytime he gets in front of a camera he's you the know? Donald Trump of music that's very accurate is what he is yeah yeah he just he loves saying things and doing things that just get him more attention yeah realizing that the attention is waning yeah right yeah so um I guess w- now, what would you pay a thousand dollars I guess Do you like, have one yeah I guess I guess the closest thing that I've done. It wasn't a thousand dollars for the ticket, but like we road tripped out for the ticket uh-huh. uh, to go see the show, and it was it was in Wisconsin, so it was probably adds up to about a thousand bucks. So we drove out to see um, Rage Against the Machine. Um, it with uh, opening for them was Queens of the Stone Age. Oh, yeah, at Alpine okay. Valley. 
Yeah, I could see that. It was one of the greatest shows I've ever been. And this is I like can a, see that. They had broken up. They hadn't played a show in forever. And this was like their big reunion show. It was back when Bush was president, Bush Jr. And there was a lot of like very, very politically charged, yeah. as you imagine. Yeah, yeah. The Iraq war and stuff. It was one of the most incredible things. And one oh, of the, honestly, man. honestly, one of the scary, one of the most frightening concert experiences or any experience in my life because it was so like the crowd was so big for one and so violent that mm. it was, it was, it was really difficult to, I mean, I, it was, it was a crazy show, dude. A lot of these bands though, like I was just saying, a lot of these bands, acts, artists and everything else, Rage Against the Machine is not dead, but they are no longer. Yeah. Right. Like I, I never saw Rage Against the Machine. I missed on an opportunity. Mm. They were playing with the Beastie Boys in oh. Barrie. And Amanda and I had uh, uh, Molson VIP seats. They were going to bus us up and the whole bit. And Mike D from Beastie Boys broke his ankle skateboarding. Oh. The show got canceled and Rage broke up like a month later. Oh. And I never got to see them. I'm a big Rage fan. I love Rage Against the Machine. Yes. Never got to see them. Okay, so getting back to my original point, bands that are broken up, bands that uh, artists who have died, bands, you know, band members have died and they'll never be back again. Is there anything current, a band right now that still tours, any band, any artist that you would pay a thousand dollars to go see? Uh, no, I don't think so. Not I thought I thought one. about it. No, I don't think so. Like I, I, I did think about that, and and a lot of based on the Facebook responses, we we actually had a conversation about that. I can't remember who it was with, mm-hmm. but one person said is like, "There's nobody really alive right now that I would actually pay a thousand dollars for." Um, and yeah, like I, I mean, I, I maybe a music festival that was like a star studded lineup of all my favorite acts. Like I'd do that, but like for one, like a one-off show, like I, I really can't think maybe Pink Floyd, if Pink Floyd got all of them together, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, but I, I've seen Roger Waters a bunch of times. I um, I've not seen Roger Waters. I've seen, well, uh, Pink Floyd without Roger Waters. Yeah. Yeah. David Gilmore or whatever with yeah, the rest yeah. of the band. Division Bill, 1994. That's cool. Yeah. It was kind of cool. That's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, if they got back together, I mean, I would really, really have to consider it. Like that would be one of the best shows that you, you, you know. Okay. Let me rephrase this then. And I know this is such a, a, a loosely used term now, ever since the who did it in 1982 farewell tour. Mm. So there's a current band like me with the tragically hip where, you know, this is the last chance I have like people. And we'll get back to the stones concert. Maybe there were some people who were spending that kind of money at the Rolling Stones concert because they've always meant to go see the Rolling Stones and never got a chance and thought, mm, totally better do it now. Chance is never going to come again. Here's my money. Mm-hmm. So is there anybody right now that you have not seen that you would love to see? And if they said, this is it, this is your last chance. And they really meant it. And it was true. Like a tragically hip sort of scenario where you knew this is it. This is the only chance I'll ever have to see this band. Is there any band that you would go see a thousand dollars a ticket? Yeah. Like if like, um, so my favorite band is Arcade Fire. Um, I've seen them twice. Never seen them. They were both, they, both of those shows were some of the most incredible live Are they that good live? It's, it's out of control. Yeah. Yeah. Like the first time I saw them was at Way Home. Okay. Um, and we, uh, I, I met some people down there that were really hardcore uh, Arcade Fire fans and we skipped out on all the other shows and went front front row and just waited there for a couple hours with like we loaded up on beer so we could get front row and I was right I was like front row dead center right on it was one of the craziest things I've ever seen and then I saw them when they played the ACC again like floor seats or whatever um, so hypothetically it, speaking Arcade Fire yeah. says 
Yeah. This is our last show. I would have to. Yeah, I would have to. Radiohead, I guess, would be a good one. They're crazy live. They are. Like, that's, they're insane. You put them in the right venue, and I've seen them twice, uh, two nights in a row on their last tour, actually. And that was the first time I had seen them. If you'd asked me before I saw them, I would have spent $1,000 to go see them anywhere. Mm-hmm. Put them in the right venue now, in the right environment, and make sure that my wife's going with me, because we both love them. Mm-hmm. I'd pay $1,000 to go see a Radiohead show. Yeah. I would. I have some friends that saw them at Massey Hall. Mm-hmm. Like, what? Seriously. Like, years ago. Uh, Seriously, oh, <laughs> like wow. that! I couldn't believe. Like they had a lottery. That's how. That's how they. How they? Oh, I would imagine so. Um, and and it was yeah, I, it was crazy. Like I think there was only like four. I, I think it was something like they only managed. My friends only managed to get two tickets, and and the one guy that bought them obviously got to go. And they had to do like this, like they had to like flip a coin or like completely randomize who got the second ticket just to make it fair for everybody because it's such a hot ticket, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, um. But yeah, I kind of want to circle back to that, to that, that, um, the stone show. No, no, no. Oh. The tragically hip show. Sure. Um, what was that like? Did you, so, so I guess I watched it in to just to, to let you collect your thoughts a little bit. So when I watched it, I was up North at like, um, in Owen sound mm. at, a, at a music festival that they had there. They have it on the big screen. No, they didn't. Oh. Um, cause it was a music festival and was currently going on. Oh, but like okay. what happened was we all like the crew that I went down there with, we all went back to the campsite and we like pro- somebody was live streaming it on their phone on YouTube or something. Cause they, they broadcasted it. Yeah. And we all on sat, CBC, ar- yeah. yeah, we all sat around. I think somebody did a Bluetooth speaker to the phone and we literally like, there was like, at first there was only four of us and then there was like six of us and then there was like eight of us. And then people from other campsites started coming and just sitting there watching yeah. like a tiny, like three inch screen yeah. for two hours. It was that galvanizing a moment. It was incredible. And, yeah. and people were all like, by the end of it, everyone's like all tearing up and like, it was, mm. it was crazy. And I, and, and I couldn't imagine what it would be like to actually be at that show. Um, I still haven't, I mean, here we are, what, three years later now coming up on three years later. I still can't put to words what that was like because I took my daughter to see them in Hamilton just what I think it was four nights before they did Hamilton. Yeah, they did Hamilton two nights later. They were in Ottawa and then two nights. Yeah, August 20th. So the 16th, we went August 16th, 2016. I took my daughter. It's the first time she had ever seen them. And it was our you know third last show. And then Amanda and I hopped in the car and, uh, yeah, we, we spent a thousand dollars to go, to go see them and saw some really good friends and it was, uh, every, everybody that, okay. So that, that's the one lasting impression I have from that show. Uh, not just in the show, but around the city of Kingston, everybody was friends that day. It was, uh, buddy, it was, I would not trade that experience for, for the world. It was just incredible. I was going to say the, the crowd must have been like a, like being, just being a part of that crowd must've been a really, it was surreal. Cr- incredible it was surreal. Experience. It really, the, the whole show was not what it, it was. Two things are going on, at least for me. And I think for a lot of people there, it was enjoying the show and trying to take in what you were actually a part of live to, to, to be there. And, and just what, what, what that meant for you know, and anybody who was, paying that kind of money to go see the band was obviously a big fan, right? Mm. Nobody went there if they hated the tragically hip. And there's Mm. lots of those people too. But uh, yeah, it was just, it it was hard. 
And it's still hard to this day, three years later, to process what that was, to see that last show and just being there, being there, right? I mean, the K-Rock Center in, in Kingston holds, I don't know, nine, maybe eight, 8,000 people. Not a whole lot of people in a nation of 33 million. And I mean, what, a quarter of the, of the country watch, millions of people watch it. So to be one of the 8,000 people, that was the, that was the mind fuck of it all, was knowing full well that people across the country are, are putting up big screens in their backyards, bonfires and public parks and arenas are opening with big screens on and everything else for people to watch this. It is shown on a national network, commercial-free, live and I'm standing here watching it. It was just, it was something else. There's a lot that there would be, a, I'd imagine there'd be so much to take in. Like mm. you kind of like overwhelmed by how. It like, was overwhelming. Yeah. It was. Yeah, it was. I bet. It was. That's and when incredible. it was over, it was like, shit, I don't want this to be over. That's, that's the one thing I remember. It was like, fuck, I'm never going to see this band again. And I've seen them so many times, but that was, that was that. I was with my friend Chris Gelder at the Hamilton show with my daughter, Noah, and she, that, that was her last show. I mean, at the end of the Hamilton show, I was like, okay, four more, three more nights, three more sleeps, and I'm going to see the last show. So I was stoked for that already. Not that I sort of glossed over the Hamilton sure. show or anything. Paid a pretty penny for that one too. Yeah. But at least I had that. She bawled at the end because she's as big a hip fan as I am, if not bigger. Wow. And yeah, she was at the end of it. She had the same sentiment. Like, I just don't want this to be over. Yeah. This is it. That'll never happen again. I, I don't no. think that will ever happen again. The circumstances under which that tour happened and everybody knew what was happening. Everybody knew. The band knew. The audience knew. This is it. This is never going to happen again. And this guy heroically went out on his own terms with the four guys he loved the most in the world, his band. And I tell you, it was just, it was something to behold. And he put on one of the greatest shows I've ever seen. Yeah, it was great. It wasn't even like, like he delivered like wholeheartedly. It was one of the greatest live performances. Like, like he I mean, was not what he was in his earlier days. That's for, there's, there are no illusions. He wasn't singing as well. He had to use teleprompters to remember the words and everything else. The fact that that guy gutted it out, huh. fucking brain cancer, man. Yeah. That he gutted it out to get that done was just something else. And anybody who tells me that it was self-serving or self-fulfilling or whatever is just can, can go to hell. <laughs> it was, it was something else. It's crazy. So um, that's our weekly three. That is our weekly three. A um, little bit later on in the podcast, we've got your Aunt Kathy joining us mm -hmm. for yeah. Pet Talk. Pet Talk. Okay. Yeah. So what does she do? She, um, so she uh, currently runs like a, a, her own like independent uh, pet store. Um, okay. So it's called Endless Tales Pet Nutrition. Ooh, catchy um, name. Yeah, for sure. Tales, T-L-E-S or T-A-I-L-S? T-A-I-L-S. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, but like her, her, her career and passion for animals began like way earlier than that. Like she'd, she'd been spending probably 10 years or so mm -hmm. just rescuing cats. Okay. Like, like is like, she a cat lady? Uh, I would say so. That's probably pretty accurate. Is she a cat lady? Yeah, really? for sure. Okay. But like she, can we ask her that she question? Would, oh, for sure. If she would qualify herself as a cat she's lady? She's definitely a cat lady. She's okay. Without, right. without question. Okay. So we don't I, need to ask. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, we it's could, you question. could definitely ask her. No, okay. she'll, she'll admit it. Okay. Um, but 
she had started like she's like a big time advocate for, you know, like like animal welfare, but not in like the Facebook, like don't eat meat animals are are living beings too kind of way okay. she's 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 an advocate in 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 action so she 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 puts her money where her mouth is and she's dedicated her life to animals it's okay. not it's not a it's not a showy thing she's a little yeah she she doesn't she doesn't talk about it all the time she lives it okay you know like she, like she spent um so much of like like i, I we, we can talk to her about it for sure and, okay. and i'm sure you can ask her questions and stuff about that too but but her love for animals kind of began just by getting finding trapping strays around like stray cats around the neighborhood feeding them if they can feed them and trapping them if she can and trying to find good homes for them getting them off the streets okay um and bringing them into adoption and then she started um i i think she started uh, working at like a, like a, a pet smart or pet value or something like that. Mm -hmm. She mm -hmm. went in to, to purchase one with, with a friend of hers. And now she, she bought out like her partner and she's running this place by herself. And it's, it's like a really, you know, um, remarkable unicorn of a pet store because it's not a franchise or anything. Right this whole thing's just like circling It's like an independent around. record store for pets. Yeah. It's yeah. got that real vibe to it too. When you okay. go in there, there's like cats running around and stuff and okay. like, yeah, it's pretty neat. Right so on. yeah, I'm really excited to talk to her about it because she's, she's quite the personality too. So it'll be fun okay. to, it'll be fun to chat with her about it. That's coming up uh, shortly. Anything else left for housekeeping or anything that you wanted to talk about? No, I don't know. Okay. Not really. I mean, I think we kind of like, we covered a lot of ground this sure. one, you know? Sure. Yeah. All right. What about the guy uh, down south who looks like he's got a dead cat on his head? <laughs> Trump, do we even go there? Trump? Oh. Is he worth it? I thought you were, I thought you were talking about the guy that smuggled a pound of cocaine under his toupee. Oh. But did you hear about that? No. Oh, yeah, that's way better than Trump. Yeah. Like, pound no, of cocaine? Go, no, so it was the most ridiculous picture ever. Maybe we'll share it. But basically some guy. <laughs> he looked like he, a cone head with, with hair? Yeah, he was coming from, he had a, <laughs> it, it was a rug. It wasn't a full, right. it wasn't a full wig or anything. Right. And it was basically just sat on top of his head and he had like a pound of cocaine like, dude, underneath it. It was so ridiculous. He got busted immediately. Dude, hoop it. Yeah. <laughs> like, just hoop it, man. You know, it's a little uncomfortable. But um, did it. you want to go into the Trump stuff? Like, nah. it's pretty, uh, yeah. Fuck him. I know. All right. Um, yeah. Okay. So do you want to take a little bit of a break and let's, we'll get yeah, set up for the Yeah, let's take a break. We'll get set up for, uh, for Aunt Kathy to visit. Uh, more coming up on Black Sheep Radio. I'm Ben McVie. I'm Chris Brown. All right. Oh, there we are. Oh. Hey, uh, I'm Ben McVie. I'm Chris Brown. Yeah. Uh, we're on Facebook Live. It's Black Sheep Radio. We're getting ready in uh, just a few minutes. Uh, your Aunt Kathy is joining us. Yeah, she she um, operates a, uh, a pet store, independent pet store called Endless Tales. It's a um, good name. I like yeah, it. It's yeah. so good. Yeah, it works really well. It's really a lot of personality. Shows sure. a lot of personality. She's got a lot of personality as well. So if um, you're you're a pet owner uh, or you're considering being a pet owner, specifically a rescue pet owner, I guess, is, is her sort of area of expertise. Uh, fire, hi, Linda. Uh, fire us some questions and uh, we'll try and get those answered for you. In the meantime, we just finished uh, recording episode 14 of Black Sheep Radio. 
yeah, it was really cool. So we went over. Let's see here. Um, we, Homeless people. Yeah, we went. We went over. We had a pretty heated debate over. Um, not. I don't want to say it was heated. I, I call it a healthy debate. Yeah. 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 We we we, 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 we kind of have differing points of view, but in the end. And we kind of, you know, we got there. Um, so we, so we talked about like panhandling and like homeless people. Right. We talked about um, the weather and people that complain about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we talked about concert tickets. And Ben told a really, like, shared a really some really interesting perspective on on the 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 Kingston show, right? For the last tragically hip show, yeah. Final tragically hip show. Ben was one of the lucky eight thousand that happened to be there, so <clears> it was really cool. Yeah, our question was, is there anything you'd spend $1,000 to go see live? Uh, I spent $1,000 on two tickets for that one. You'll get the whole story in the podcast when it comes out in a couple of days. Yeah, no, it'll be tomorrow. Yeah, oh. we'll, we'll get it up tomorrow. I'm trying to turn it around a little bit quicker so that people sure. can actually are, like, are into it or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, is there anything else you wanted to mention before we got to it? Because I think we're going to try giving, um, giving Kathy, Kathy a call. Kathy a call. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're up to three viewers here. Sweet. Yeah, share with your friends right now and, uh, you know, tell them uh, this cool little podcast. <laughs> cool little podcast is going on right now. Yeah, so we're, we're definitely hi-fi right now. We're, um, we've got the one microphone we're sharing. It yes. Like, it's the, like what, what was that? Is that that live um, that live? Oh, like unplugged like, off the no, floor? No, what was that one where they had like pretty much every known celebrity singing on the song? There was like Bono and oh, Paul like McCartney. We Are the World. You we mean? Are the World. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're doing this. We Are the World style. We're sharing sure. like. Sure. If, also, we let us be know. holding our <laughs> and singing up into the microphone. <laughs> um, let us know how it sounds. Like if it sounds okay, just sure. let us know. Okay. Right. Um, and if you also, if you have any questions, uh, cat or or pet related questions, pet related, um, pet related, uh, feel free to. And Kathy's to a cat lady, house. by the way. <laughs> we'll see. I don't know. I don't know if I that's like allowed to say anymore. I, think I don't know. Well, be, that's. I'm going to ask her what she thinks of the the label cat lady, and I'm not, I'm not sure if she's going to like it or not. But yeah, no, that's fine. That's my job on Black Kate, Sheep Radio Kate, is to ask the hard hitting questions. Let's thank see. you, Kate. Sounds great. She says. Great. Thank you. That's awesome. Cool. Okay, let's see how this works here. All right. Uh, you're joining us live, by the way, from our professional studios here, the McVee Dining Room, and we're calling Aunt Kathy. You guys can hear that, right? I have three dogs. One of Oh, that's a great question. Hang on. Bear with me, Linda. Okay. I'm going to get Linda's question is for in for sure. Hello. Hey, how's it going? Going good. How are you guys? I'm good. I'm good. It's getting a weird, weird sound right now. Hopefully yeah. it'll, hopefully it levels out. Hello, Aunt Kathy. You know what? You guys are breaking up. I hate to say this. Oh, oh no. no. Um, okay. Let me try. Yeah. Let me try one more time. We're okay? going to try you back. Okay. Now I get your water. Okay. Okay. One sec. All right. Damn. See technology. Oh, my I gotta pay my bill. <laughs> Thank God for all the money we make off this podcast. Yeah, Linda's got a great question. Working? She's got a rescue dog, so this uh, this this should come in handy. Why isn't working? That's better. Yeah, that's that's better. Okay. Oh. Hey, is that better? Yeah, a lot better. Perfect. Oh, you sound so much better too. Awesome. So, what can I do for you guys? Well, uh, first of all, uh, we're we're on Facebook Live right now. Shall I call you Kathy or Aunt Kathy? Uh, 
Whatever you'd like. Okay. Whatever makes you happy. I'm going to go with Kathy, only because I have an Aunt Jan, and I call her Jan. I don't call her Aunt oh. Jan. I don't think my nieces and nephews ever called me Aunt do you, either. Do you call so her Aunt Kathy? Uh, sometimes. I don't know. Occasionally. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. I don't think so. <laughs> okay, so um, we're talking about pets, and, um, well, I've got a whole bunch of questions of my own, and so does Chris, but we have a couple people on Facebook Live here. Um, and okay. there's a really good question from Linda. So I'm going to start us off with that, okay? Sure. Um, I hope I can answer it. Okay, Linda says, I have three dogs, one of which is a rescue, uh, who had been badly abused before I rescued him four years ago. He has, quote, unquote, stranger danger. He gets a bit aggressive. Uh, sorry, but uh, cowering in fear type. Is there anything we can do to calm him so he's not so much in a panic, shivering, uh, barking and trying to nip. He's a mix of Yorkie and Dachshund. Yeah, it's a, it's a, that's a good mix. So, you know, I, I would probably say that um, if she hasn't had any professional um, people helping her, mm -hmm. I don't know. It's hard when I'm not talking to her. If she's had any luck with any really good trainers who have dealt with animals that have been abused, okay. um, it's really tricky, right? A lot of people want to rescue. They want to do the right thing and, um, mm. you know, bring them into their home and love them. And unfortunately, the way that they've been treated, it's it's really difficult. So positive reinforcement instead of them being every time they're afraid, maybe by sitting, cuddling, giving a treat that might help. OK, so hmm. um, it depends. Right. It depends on the circumstance. It, it really does sometimes. So. It, it probably depends quite a bit on like the severity of the abuse and stuff too. Like you don't really know what you're walking into a lot of times and what's going to trigger a dog maybe or... Yeah, nobody knows what they're walking into, right? Yeah. Everybody assumes, and, um, you know, a dog who's been in a cage for most of its life, who comes out of a cage and only can still go in circles because it's not used to walking, mm. it's a lot of patience and a lot of work, and, you know, I commend them for doing what they're doing because I think it's an awesome thing when people rescue animals. You know, uh, this is one of the last, uh, Kathy, questions that I had actually written that I wanted to ask you. Um, mm -hmm. What is the number? I want you to think of two words and they're two very different words. I want you to, if you can, and take a moment if you need to, the number one person that a rescue, a first time rescue pet owner needs to remember and the first word that they need to forget. <laughs> well, they need patience. Patience. Right? Okay. Yeah. Patience. Absolute patience. Yeah. And they need to forget. What do they need to forget? They probably need to forget the anger because of the way that the animal's been treated, right? Because you have a lot of anger. How could somebody ever treat this poor, innocent mm. animal mm. this way, right? Interesting. It's probably pretty heartbreaking, especially if you're working through some stuff like that. But, like, you know, you de it's, it's, it's interesting to think, like, people go into those situations um, – 
just with the best intentions, but maybe they're in a little over their head with some of the stuff and, and you, you try your best, but you know, sometimes it takes a little bit of professional help as well. Um, yeah. just a, just a, like a follow up from that question, um, about the, about the rescue dog, there was no professional, but a vet wanted to medicate the dog that was, that was apparently, he'd, he'd I, been, yeah, apparently had been used as bait in dog fighting is what she said, oh, Christ. which is horrible. That's what you're talking about losing anger oil. though. You're talking about losing anger there, right? Yeah. Tell me about it. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I interrupted. Go ahead. No, no, no. It's okay. She could try some CBD oil and see if that calms the dog down. Rescue Remedy is another natural one that you could try and use, and you could administer it either in the soft part of the ear. You can put it in the water. You can put it in their food, or you can give it to them directly. Good, okay. That might help. So CBD oil actually does calm them down? It does work, believe it or not. You know, like people, everything is not 100%. So what might work on you, right, might not work on me. Hmm. So everybody has to try it. It's worth a try for those if who, the anxiety and the stress is there. For those who don't know, Kathy, and, and for people watching, CBD is... Um, it's the sort of CBD is the hemp oil. Yes, yeah, right. It is. It is. It is the non psychogenic. It's non, the stuff in, yeah. in in marijuana. Let's be honest. That doesn't get you high. Yeah. Yeah. It's the medicinal. Right. It's the 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 part. It's like the isolated medicinal property of marijuana. So they're not like running around like breaking into your Cheeto stash or anything. They're just, <laughs> right. just a little bit more exactly. relaxed. It, they're, not, they're not in your kitchen eating <laughs> Cap'n Crunch sandwiches. <laughs> yeah. it, it well, helps we could do that. They do have the cookies for the dogs. Oh, so. nice. Ooh. Not necessarily for the cats, but for the dogs. Do, do they have so, anything in chocolate? I mean, wait, no, that's it's for dogs. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, it can work. It can work really well. It's good for an anti-inflammatory for pain. If the dog has a sprain or after surgery or has cancer, I have a lot of customers using it for pets with cancer. They also, they give it to them. They let them ingest it. They rub it on the spot where the cancer is. And, um, it can be a really, really good, uh, or it could be a, a lot of help for the pet as well as the owner. And I've known um, some of my customers whose pets have been on it for a year, and they have only been given a month to two months with the dog. Wow. And it's worked. Chris Chris is going to read you a question right now, if you don't mind. Um, and I okay. bet you didn't see this one coming. Uh, this one has oh, to no. do with CBD and turtles. I don't, okay. <laughs> I don't know if you do any like reptile or fish kind of stuff, but I, I just want to read this just for my own personal enjoyment. It says, long story, like- short, long story short, turtle hates me, always hissing and scowling at me, wants nothing to do with me. I treat him so good, but he just thinks I'm a loser. What can I do to make him my friend? <laughs> Sounds like my he, kid. Or is he just an asshole? Am I, what you- are, should I put him, he says, can I give him CBD oil in the tank or is it, I, I kind of missed whatever the rest of the, should yeah, it no, CBD just says oil? thanks yeah. at the thanks, end. Thanks, yeah. Do you know turtles? To be honest, I have no idea. Maybe yeah. get him a girlfriend. That might make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, that leads into another question that I had. There's the age old debate of cat people versus dog people. Right. Mm. And say what you will about cat pee. I know that you happen to be a cat person. I, I, I have been an animal person. You're an animal person. Okay. And I have been advised actually, uh, by Chris's, uh, mom, not, not to ask you about the term cat lady because it it has negative connotations. I, I understand that cat people, dog people, 
regardless of those, do you believe that outside of cats and dogs, any kind of pet can sort of give that comfort or companionship? I mean, I I have to be honest. I wonder about people who find equal value in a goldfish or a budgie that they find in a cat or a dog. Or is there a difference? There is a lot of people who adore their birds. Yeah. I've had customers who have come in who said that they cried more over losing their bird than they did their parent. So, you know, goldfish, I don't know. I don't think they have a really long lifespan. No. <laughs> but birds, absolutely. People have are extremely devastated when they lose their bird, a rabbit, a hedgehog, you know, guinea pig, hmm. because some, you know, they're part of their family. And birds can live for like, some parrots live to like 80 years, no? Yeah, you have to give them away because yeah. you'll be dead long before them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so well, that's um, encouraging. One one of the one of the <laughs> one of the questions that we had earlier today was about the the FDA brands that um, that are associated oh, with, with canine heart disease. <laughs> so what is that like? What's the deal with that? I, I didn't like I, this is this story came new to me, so I did a little bit of reading on it, and and they definitely tried their best to make sure that like you know don't abandon the brands or whatever. But I, I mean, it's 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 hard to go into. Uh, it's hard to go into a pet store and buy brands when this study comes out, you know, like, should people be worried about it? Well, I don't know if you really want my opinion. I think it's a lot of bull. I think that it was probably brought on by all the companies that have the higher grain food. Like I hate to say it, vet companies, companies that own the vet food only because none of the bad companies were named, right? So no Walmart, no Purina brands, no other brands. And some vet line of food are grain-free also. So why were they not named? Hmm. So I kind of think that it was a little bit of a scandal or I find that people want the best for their pets, most of the people. So they're buying the best. Now, with that said, grain can sometimes not benefit your pet, right? Hmm. So what you can eat and what I can eat are totally different. So sometimes I think that having a grain-free diet can cause medical issues in a cat or a dog. Absolutely. Does it cause heart disease? I don't really know, right? Mm. I'm not, but the statistics were pretty low. I think that one of the ones that Fromm came out with was two cats out of 80,000. Well, that's huge, right? And unfortunately, I had a pet um, die about four weeks ago in the store of a heart attack. Sorry. And this cat was on, this was, cat was on a grain food. So, you know, and you don't know, was this dog or cat, um, like depending on the breeds because so many animals are overbred right mm. that it could be a genetic issue could be a genetic heart issue right mm -hmm. like the most popular dogs now are all the doodles right the gold doodle the labradoodle the cockapoo everything like that right mm -hmm. so they're breeding them faster and faster and faster to get them out there because everybody wants them. So are they overbreeding them? You know, you don't know mm. how they're, if they're, if they're legitimate breeders, if they're good breeders and if there's problems, right? Yeah. They just want the money. They just want it out. You know, all these people who are selling them on Kijiji. Hey, Kathy, if I can interrupt for a second, I'm just, I'm drawing kind of a parallel in my own mind. Like, 
people who are on a limited budget say it's so much cheaper to eat food that is deemed unhealthy for us than to go out and buy healthy food. Um, for me to go and buy two McDoubles, it cost me about the same as going to buy a carrot, celery, and cucumber tray at, at, at the grocery store. If not, uh -huh. the, 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 health, the, the healthful option is going to cost more. Do you think, like, I, I would say that probably the pet food industry is kind of capitalizing on that as well. Are the really good option pet foods overpriced? Um, I think everything is overpriced. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> with you. Yeah. But um, I think that some of them are. But um, for what you're getting, I always tell everybody, read your labels. Everybody read their labels. Nobody reads their labels. Hmm. Very few people. They just trust, right? I always tell everybody, everybody goes crazy over all the cute commercials on TV, right? And I said, but the best of anything is never advertised usually. Right. So if so the best if, restaurants, the best everything. So I think that you have to kind of use some discretion. There are some good foods at a lower price than the higher end ones. But I think that the more publicity they get, the more uh, uh, blogs written about them, it boosts them up higher and higher. OK, and so, so the cost. I'm on a super tight budget. What's the number one pet food I can go buy? You just if that you would Super recommend tight for what what dog I'm on a cat. I'm on a tight budget. I have a beagle. You have <laughs> you have a beagle. So I'm trying to think. Um, chicken soup is a good food. Um, Taste of the wild is a good food. Okay. Um, there's. Oh, there's so many because beagles don't really eat tons. So you're not going through massive bags. You haven't met this wellness, beagle. <laughs> wellness. Um, now, and those were some of the ones that were made. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you so you mentioned the like read that people need to read their labels. Like so if I'm uh, so if I'm reading a label, like what exactly am I looking for? Like what what should I see on there to know that like I'm getting the best for my money and that it's going to be healthy for my pet? Well, you'd like to see a, a, a protein first, mm. right? You don't want to see a corn. You don't want to see a byproduct. You don't want to see. Um, there's so many fillers. Oh, there's so many fillers and so many kinds of foods, right? Mm. And um, they try and put the fillers in to fill up the animal, right? Mm. And um, yeah, okay. so always look, would you eat it? Right. If it said corn gluten meal or powdered cellulose or depends uh, on how good the weed is, Kathy. <laughs> I, I every once in a while I've been. <laughs> I also ate like four day old leftover Indian food, so I it's yeah. I, I don't know. If I'm the best Chris, person Chris and I throw way worse way worse sure. into ourselves. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's true. You guys, so you guys, uh, you guys do adoptions, right? Yes. Yeah. So tell us about your website and everything else. Chris. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, so I've been rescuing for about 30 years mm -hmm. and um, I've had the store for 14 and a half mm. and I have a great clientele and um, I seem to help them a lot with their problems. They usually hit me before they hit the uh, vets and um, I have done over 600 adoptions out of the store and I don't even know how many before that. So um, I feed feral cat colonies outside, so all the strays. We try and um, get the babies as quickly as possible. We trap the mothers 
fathers and anybody in between and we fix them vaccinate them if they're friendly they go up for adoption if they're not they go back outside with shelters and food every day wow okay i have a a pretty uh, i have one more question for you okay? okay and this is kind of a deep philosophical one and it's sort of based on something that chris and i were talking about earlier in the podcast Okay. So it, it's kind of a two-part question, and if, if, if it's something that you don't want to answer or something that you can't answer or something you need more time to think about, then I, I fully understand. But do you, Kathy, feel more empathy and compassion for pets than people? Oh, hmm. that's really tough because I think I'm everybody's psychiatrist. I come here. <laughs> so... Um, I think I feel sorry for animals because they don't have a voice. They don't have a voice, right? They can't say, please don't throw me out of the car. And, uh, you know, please don't abuse me and don't hit me and don't yell at me. And, you know. The reason I'm asking was we were talking about homeless people and and panhandlers earlier in the podcast. Mm -hmm. And it seems to me that humans have a a greater tendency would be more likely to feel compassion and empathy for a stray animal than they would for a stray person. Hmm. Is that a fair, do you think that's a fair observation? That's a broad question. I think so. It's a broad question, I I know. You're absolutely right. I think, but people are pretty (laughs) hostile to stray animals also. If you Hmm. don't like an animal, you will run it over and not even think twice with your car. Hmm. And I guess that goes the same for people, right? If there's a homeless person on the street, there's people who will pull out your $5 and give it to them. And there's people who would walk by them and spit on them. So, no. hmm. Thanks. Right. I, I know that, that, that was a bit of, that was a bit of an awkward pause only because I'm sorry. No, 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 no it's no. OK. I, I just thought it was an interesting observation. That's all that I, in my humble opinion, I think, yeah, more people are, are, are people are more likely to see a stray dog and take it in or or, or try and help that dog than they are yeah. uh, to see someone who's down in their luck. Right. But dogs, not cats. People will run to the ends mm. of the earth to to rescue a dog if yeah. they see a dog on stray they see a cat stray and they just turn the other eye and go oh you know it's just a cat hmm that's true no you're right and, and i'm i'm confessing that i would yeah, yeah maybe for sure maybe i need to reevaluate myself yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, yes, you do. Yes, you do, man. <laughs> Shame on you. And I'll, you know what? I'll tell you one thing because I have to tell you this because I have to get this in. I And I tell everybody, and I may get slammed for this, but dog people are phenomenal people. They are amazing people, especially the people who rescue. And I'll tell you why. They will take a dog from the States, let's say Texas, and they will wait at the border for this dog with, you know, every ounce of excitement. And it will come to them and it will have um, physical issues. It'll have mental issues. It will be sometimes not the prettiest. You know, it's been beaten. It's got funny eyes, whatever. And they will take it and they will treat it as if it's their own and they will buy it the best beds and they will buy it the best food. They will take it to the best obedience classes and do everything for it. Cat people, 
nobody wants to deal with a cat that needs that has issues very few people hmm. they want instant gratification and this is coming from somebody who rescues cats hmm no that yeah that's a very that's an honest assessment yeah yeah if yeah. anybody can In make that judgment it'd be you right well it's it's just sad right yeah. i think that they get tossed aside far more than dogs do and i i don't want any animal being tossed aside but that's just my observation right hmm. over over the past 30 years of me right people will come in and buy a 99 cent mouse for their cat and say we spoiled them and dog people will come in and buy a jacket because they don't want them to be cold. They'll buy them a toy and they know that they're going to rip apart this $30 toy in 10 seconds, but they still do it anyway. Yeah. 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 Right. And it's, it's, it's huge. Nobody wants to work with a, with a cat that has issues, who's been abused, who's been abandoned, but they would do it for a dog. Hmm. Chris. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think, I don't know if you can actually answer this question, but this is, this might settle kind of a, <laughs> a kind of a personal beef that I have just in general with mo- mostly, mostly my girlfriend, Brie. Um, what's your, <laughs> what's your, what's your view on dog birthday parties? Like if somebody invites you, <laughs> if, <laughs> if somebody, if, if, I can't say that far. I don't want to get myself into much trouble, but if somebody invites you to a dog birthday on a beautiful Saturday, like, are you obligated to go? And also should you bring a gift? Like, do you think it's Absolutely. like, Absolutely, you need to bring a gift. <laughs> Well, Absolutely. Bring a pasta salad and a bone. I, ha- I have a feeling that's not the answer he wanted to hear. I don't know. Call it a suspicion. <laughs> the answer is always a gift these days. Yeah. It's always a gift. Yeah. Okay. Great. You have to. You no. have to go. <laughs> Kathy, one more smile. Kathy, one more time. Um, Facebook page, uh, a website, anything for people who are interested in rescuing animals. Uh, how do they get in touch oh. with you, or where should they go? Oh, in touch with me? Well, sure. Um, why not? If you if you want to rescue an animal, there's so many amazing, amazing rescue groups out there. Look before you purchase, right? Mm-hmm. Don't buy off a of Kijiji or Craigslist. Go to a reputable breeder if you have to get a specific breed. Right. Yeah. And uh, I don't. I'm even looking. I can't even. What my Facebook? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Facebook. Dot com slash endless tales. Sorry, awesome. go again. Sorry. It is uh, Facebook. Dot com slash endless tales. T a i l s. Yeah, endless yeah. tales pet.ca yeah great awesome yeah so we'll share that we'll share that on the facebook page and stuff thanks a lot for joining us we really appreciate it thanks for having me guys yeah no problem yeah for sure can you tell funny stories about young chris (laughs) (laughs) i've got a lot maybe next time (laughs) maybe next time for sure (laughs) all right one a week okay okay thanks guys (laughs) see ya see ya okay bye bye hey your aunt kathy's all right yeah, no, yeah, she knows so... Hold on, let me pull this one up. Yeah, yeah. She knows so much about about cats and, and, and owning a pet store and, yeah. you know, just, just everything everything about um, like what it takes. And, and not, not just, like, you know, buying food or, or um, you know, what toys they need, but, like, a, a lot of people will, will go to her store to, to ask them, 
going to a vet's expensive, you know, and, and, and a lot of people will and go to her store. sometimes unnecessary maybe. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like if you, if you have an issue with, you know, if, if like clipping your dog's toenails or, or, or you need a recommendation for, um, for a groomer, you know, like, like she's connected into that world. So, um, yeah, I really appreciate her coming on and, and thanks again too, for the questions. Um, yeah. uh, hopefully we got to something, you got some answers. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't sure. mind doing that again. Maybe if we have some more, like a couple whatever next month or something, if we do it like that and sure. Maybe stockpile some more questions and yeah, cool. Right on. Well, uh, this wraps up our Facebook Live. Um, thanks for being here, Black Sheep Radio. Again, uh, the episode that we recorded prior to this Facebook Live is going to be up and running, episode 14. Yeah, it'll be tomorrow morning, I'm hoping. I'm going to get home um, relatively shortly and, you know. Full of piss and it. vinegar, this guy. <laughs> it's not the weekend yet. I, I, yeah. I Once once uh, 5 o'clock on Friday hits, I, it's sweatpants mode for sure. Guys, thanks for watching. And uh, thanks for listening to the podcast. And uh, we really appreciate your support. Yeah. See Take you guys. Care. This has been another episode of Black Sheep Radio with Ben McVee and Chris Brown. If you liked what you heard, don't forget to follow, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.